welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro-curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 157 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All right, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about lunar phases, and I am speaking with my friend Kim Woods. Welcome back, Kim. So good to see you. So good to see you too, Teresa. I love our conversations. I do too. And you, you, you know, the one thing is you suggest good topics. You know, so it's like, oh my God, uh, what are you talking about? We got to talk. We got to talk. So I always appreciate how your brain works. And the stuff that you come up to talk, the stuff that you, the ideas that you want to talk about are things that I think are um, interesting to me. And hopefully I think my audience is probably equally interested too. And you mentioned these lunar phases and I'm like, okay, now this isn't something that I work with. So I think let's start off by explaining what is a lunar phase for anyone who's listening. How do you explain that? Yeah, so we know that the the moon has her cycles every month, right? She's she's moving at 28 days and she's going around the earth and she's reflecting the sun, right? That's basically what what she's doing. So so with the moon, we know that a lot of people know that the new moon as it is today, which we cannot make this up, Teresa, right? So the new moon is when the the moon and the sun is conjunct. And so um there's there's a blending there. And that's, that's the beginning of her cycle. And then she waxes, you know, she, she quote unquote grows in energy until she reaches full. And then she starts waning until she reaches new and she does this every month. Right. And so we could count those as the two, you know, biggest cycles because they're at the end of the, um, you know, tension points, if you will, that together coming together in the new, and then that, that highest tension point of the full, but there are eight cycles. There are the, you know, waxing cycles of the crescent and the gibbous and the quarter. And then there's the waning gibbous quarter and and crescent too. And they all have meaning and they have meaning for how you can use the energy and how you can step into power. Well, you know, it's interesting because I do use moon phases for like magical things and like manifestation. And so when we talk lunar phases, that's what I tend to think about. But in the natal chart, I'm like, well, wait a minute, what, what is this going to do for my, my natal chart? So, I mean, why is this so important for your, why do you need to know this? Well, because think about this, the moon is, the moon has a gravitational pull on the earth. She has a tremendous amount of power. She can literally move the tides. So the earth is 70% water and she's, she's moving the tides, you know, especially when you get away from the equator. Right. And then think about our bodies. Our bodies are made up of, of a ton of water too. I don't know the percentage, but it's high. And so when we think about our own energy, we know we like to use the moon for the manifestation and the releasing on a regular basis. So why wouldn't this affect our soul when we came into the earth, like at the, at the time that we chose to be born? Mm. Of course that cycle would come into play. Okay. So how does someone find out what their lunar phase is? 
And we're talking about your moon, by the way, in your chart, we're talking about looking at the moon, not the lunar phase for everything else, although I suppose you could look at lunar phases for everything else. But let's just talk about the moon. How do you find out what that lunar phase is? It's super easy to do. Like when, when you get really sophisticated with the, you know, the chart and how the things are moving, you can just eyeball it and tell, but no, no, no. Let's go and, and be much more practical than that. In your search bar on whatever browser you use, you can literally say phase of the moon, on the date that you were born. And what you'll do is you'll get a calendar that will be pulled up. And I like calendar-12.com. It's the one that just defaults for me now, but you can look for that in your search bar and, and just kind of go to that and you'll be brought, the whole month will be brought up and every single day will have its phase on it. And then you can just look at your date of birth and it will tell you, it's just going to tell you. Well, I like ease. I don't like complication. You know, it's so funny because sometimes when I talk to, to people who are budding astrologers, they will go to an ephemeris and they become overwhelmed. And I was hoping that you had some kind of an easy answer just so somebody doesn't think they have to go into the ephemeris and start doing math. So no. all you got to do is put that in and the computer, boom, so simple. So simple. And you have it right there. It's going to be your face. And, and so, and then you can determine what that face means, which is what we're going to talk about here today. Right. And so, okay, let's just use, let's just use, use a moon example. Let's say you've got the moon in Aries mm -hmm. and you're born under a new moon in Aries. So what might that mean? Oh, okay. So first of all, you're at the, you're at the new sun cycle, right? For the year for in, in astrology and you're in the new moon cycle. So think about how extreme the energies can be as you're trying to birth, right? Like there's that, there's that like ferocity, there's that drive, there's that power, there's that, you know, claiming of life. I am alive. Now you're going to double time it on the new moon because the new moon has that initiation energy as well. The new moon is all about that divine spark of coming into being, of saying yes to life. So a new moon in Aries, boom sauce. You really wanted to come alive in this life. Ooh. Well, what if you are a waxing gibbous moon in Aries? How might that change the vibe a little? It totally does. Think about this. You've already come to that full expression and now, oh, excuse me, you said waxing. So you're just coming up to that full expression. So this is where you're negotiating with other. So what I like to do is I like to carve up those, those, you know, kind of cycles and look at them in seasons, if you will. So I look at things like the season of potential, the season of purpose, the season of power, the season of prosperity, that, that, you know, fullness and on either side, those two gibbous are about power. Mm. They're about, they're about you in the world, you coming fully into the world and you navigating it with others. You know, we didn't come here to be in isolation. We came here to be able to navigate with others. So this is more, you're leaning in because again, you're still waxing. So you're leaning into how do you express yourself with other? And so this is going to be about relationship. This is going to be how you show up in relationship. Mm -hmm. So then let's say one more example. What about a full moon in Aries? Let's say that's, that's when you're born. Now what? Now what? So think about this. There is still that tension point of Aries is a, Aries is a, it's a, cardinal sign, right? So it's a big sign. I know why I know why you chose it, right? And then fullness is big too. And so that fullness, what you're looking at with fullness is I like to say that you have both energies available to you and they're at that tension point. So so again, think about relationship. We'll get Libra involved, right? So so with that Aries, you're going to be looking like how do I show up in relationship? Who am I in this relationship? Do I do I have that authority of who I am? 
And do I, do I represent that fairly? Because now I'm bringing the Libra energy. Mm-hmm. Do I allow space for someone else? And how do I navigate choosing me and my individualization and also being able to navigate a relationship with someone else without compromising who I am? That's wow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so when you understand not just your natal moon, but the phase, this adds again an, ex- an extra layer of depth and wisdom so that you can show up as the very best version of yourself or at least understand why you do things a certain way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is, it's amazing because you can look at that same Aries moon and there are now eight different reflections of it, depending on the phase that you were born under. Isn't that and, fascinating? And I think it's really fascinating. But one of the things I always say is, I always say is there must've been a Virgo who invented astrology. Because <laughs> there's all these little details and here now we have eight more details of like, oh my God, Kim, eight more things to learn. And then when you take eight times 12, I'm like, oh my God. You know. This is a lot. It is. But there's so much to learn and, and, and explore. And wow. But, but here's, but here's the thing I will say though, Teresa, is that, is that this is your moon. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, like we look at the sun, the moon and the ascendant. If you know nothing else about yourself, that is wildly informative. Right. So, so we can think about that. So you have, yes, you do have the 144 with the 12 zodiac signs with the 12 houses. Yes, we know. We know that this is a lot, but it's too important not to look at. Well, right. you're, you're making me a convert here. I'm, I'm very interested in this. All right. So what about lunar phases? How do they impact relationships? They, they completely impact relationships. Think about, think about, think about the waxing phase, right? Think about that, that expression of like, you're in, in potential at the new moon. And those, those two crescents, right? So in your waxing crescents, you're coming into be. You want to explode into life, right? Like you want to really take the energy and say, okay, here I am, I'm showing up, right? And so, and then you move more into that purpose when you go from that crescent to that gibbous and the waxing side. What is my purpose? What is my definition? How am I, how am I like, you know, choosing my path? How am I making that groove? How am I defining it? We can make this about relationship, but relationship starts with you. So those those initial, you know, near the new and up to the, those gibbous, those are those, and especially in the waxing phase, it's about you. It's about how do you come into be for you and how are you in wholeness before you even get to someone else, right? And then I talked before about those gibbous, the waxing and the waning and the full power. It's about how do you actually, you know, actuate in the world in a powerful way. Now, it can be about life mission, but we're talking about relationship here. You and other. How are you? Now, that waxing piece is going to be like, how do I navigate and and create with you? That waning one is how do I appreciate you? You know, and like, and like the undercurrents and the softer side and the, and the things that may not be seen or things that I can see in you that you can't see yet. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And then it's going to sound weird, but that, that last phase is about prosperity. You know, you go from that waning gibbous and you're waning down that last quarter and you're waning into the crescent and you think prosperity, but think of fall, think of the bounty of that, you know, think of all the gifts. And so it is. It's about releasing. It is about letting go, especially when you get to that whack, that waning crescent. You know, the veil is thin. You probably are here to, to really reconcile some karma. And that most likely involves other people. Well, I'm all about that, the karma thing. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's give people an example. And the last time we did talk, I mentioned that my sister, my mother, my daughter, and I, all four of us have fixed moons. 
everyone, every moon is represented. I've got a moon in Scorpio. My daughter's got a moon in, in Taurus. My sister has a moon in Aquarius. And my mother has a moon in Leo. So here's the different phases. Yeah. I'm a waxing gibbous Scorpio moon. Okay. My sister is a, a waxing crescent Aquarius moon. I did my homework, folks. I looked this all up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my daughter's a waning gibbous. She's okay. a, oh, no, that's my mother. My mother's a waning gibbous. She's a Leo moon. Yeah. And my daughter is a waning moon, and she's a Taurus moon. So she's waning in what? Um, third quarter moon. Oh, so th- waning quarter. Okay. Yep. Okay. I love this. And so in here, you have four different phases. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. I'm loving this, right? So, so think about those fixed energies that are in the waning. You have two. You have Taurus, which is the waning quarter, and you have um, Leo, which is the waning gibbous. There's a releasing there. There's a softness there that those waxing moons don't have, especially that waxing crescent, that Aquarian waxing crescent, boom sauce. That is that is a lot, right? So um, waxing gibbous, you're navigating with other, but waxing crescent, you're like, especially in Aquarius, she came here to be like free will choice, like so important. I'd be fascinated to see the rest of her chart and see where it lays on the on the cycle. But but even with this, even if we only had this alone, the fact that there's a moon in Aquarius that is a waxing crescent speaks a lot to how important it is for her to be her and true to herself, no matter the circumstance. Okay, you said sister-in-law. No, it's my sister. Oh, it's your sister. Okay, sister. Is she in relationship? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no, not not. It's complicated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and isn't this complicated? Like, think about this. That Aquarian mood is already complicated. It's already complicated. Mm. And then you add the waxing crescent. The waxing crescent. There's an extreme energy. There's like a there's like a force for freedom and independence because it's underneath that you know that sign of Aquarius. That makes yes, and that makes a lot of sense. That that is her in a nutshell. And you know, it's so interesting because my mother and my sister did not get along. They had a lot of ups and downs. And my mm-hmm. mother's the one with the Leo moon. So yeah. their moons oppose each other. And she's got that waning gibbous, and my sister's got the waxing crescent. And I thought that was kind of interesting when I was doing a little research before the show. Yeah, oh, because they're op- they're in opposite phases. So not only are their moons in opposite signs, but they're in opposite phases. So what's so important for your sister in that, like, I will be free. She must have been so hard to mother. Like, I can't even imagine her coming into the world. And honestly, every phase of life, right? Like, I could have said teenager, but I'm like, no, I think the whole time. And you're the Taurus, no, excuse me, the Leo. Okay. So the Leo, the Leo, I love the uh, Leo moon, like Leo moons, right? So Leo, and I love Leo too, super sensitive, but will they ever admit it? I don't know, right? Like, so, so there's that wanting to be seen and heard and known, but in a mother way, she wants to be appreciated and acknowledged and valued. And I'm not sure that your sister was able to meet those requirements because that's not what she's about. So at least from her heart perspective, right? At least from her mood perspective. So so I don't know how many times your mother's feelings got hurt. A lot. They had, a, a once again, a very complicated relationship. My sister has yeah. complicated relationships. If she's listening, no offense. Uh, but what's really interesting also, my mother and I had our complications too, but we were close. But my mother and my daughter were thick as thieves. That was the little girl she always wanted. 
like okay. the perfect little girl. And so I find it interesting. They're both in that waning phase. Does it make a difference if they're both in the waning? Does that mean you're going to get, maybe get along a little better or. It, it is easier to understand the energy, right? Got because it. You're both in that, you're both in that letting go. You're both in that softening. You're both in that releasing. And so, especially with that Taurian moon, the Taurian, cause you know, Taurian is so one with the earth and so one with the energy and Taurians have such a beautiful way of acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that they're known for being stubborn, but but I, for me, Torian moons, there's a softness there. There's a feminine, you know, that's where the feminine part of the energy comes up. And so that last quarter, she she's about, she's all about like, you know, how do I come home to myself? How do you come home to me? She's very invitational. Mm-hmm. And so your mother, oh my God, your mo- this was solved for your mother, right? Because your mom had her two daughters, which that's Scorpio moon, I got to tell you. I have a Scorpio moon too, but I, yeah, we can talk about that um <laughs> but but that but that leo this is where they thick as thieves i would imagine yes very very and my daughter and i are both thick as thieves but my mother and my daughter had a very special relationship yeah very special very deep and you know just super it was very natural for those yeah. two to be together yeah well so it's interesting because you know that i've, I've studied with um stephen forrest and he's the one who introduced me to the phase of the moon he's written a book on it now his take is a little bit different than mine i learned for, through him and then came up with a slightly different lens but but for him he talks about the waning give us being shamanistic very deep very very really loving to go into that you know like the mysteries and things and i found that to be true um and then that waning quarter moon i think he because call- he gives archetypes to each one of them i think he calls that the pilgrim like coming home I love that. Doesn't it feel delicious? I love it. And it really makes sense when I think about my daughter, especially her relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Wow. Well, this is really, again, giving me a lot to think about. I've been doing a little research since I talked to you last because I wanted to get an idea of what this is all about. But just the way you explain things, it makes me want to learn more. And it really gets me excited to think about how I am showing up in this moon. And I think people are going to find this also, again, it's going to add an extra layer. So I'm telling people right now, you got to listen to this episode, and then you've got to go learn more about it. So good. I love this, Kim. Oh, good. I know. And I love this too. And again, it's your heart. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it means a lot. It's central to who you are. So finding out as much as you can, I think is really, really helpful. Well, I love the way your brain works. And uh, I, I know my audience loves your, the way your brain works also. So Kim, where can people find you if they want to work with you? This has been so great. Yeah. So kimwoods.com is my website. You can find the things there. You could go to Insta, which is Kim Woods channel. And you go to the LinkedIn bio and that gives you a direct link to all the things. And um, Facebook, same. And on LinkedIn, it's Kim E. Woods. Well, I want to thank you again and again and again for really sharing your wisdom. And this is once again, another thing that's blowing my mind and giving me more rabbit holes to go down. So thank you so much, Kim. Thanks so much, Teresa. I love being here. All right, people, that's all for today's episode. And I know as soon as you get done listening, you're going to be looking up your lunar phase and trying to figure this stuff out because it is super fascinating. And by the way, if you're enjoying the show, of course, I would love it if you would go over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that's the best way to help new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes, 
and so much more. Again, that's the tarotlady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.